All right, guys, we're back with another episode of Rapid Fire. And to be quite honest, I was sitting here before I went live on the show and I was wondering, what is the biggest story here today? What should I focus on? I usually try to give you guys about three to five big points regarding what we're going to be talking about on the episode. And there's so much going on that I was struggling to even do that. So I figured, hey, let's just go live and I'll just go off the top of my head and see what's going on. Because it seems like we were just reporting on a migrant caravan making its way to the southern border here in the U.S. Guess what? Another one is en route, and they're calling out Joe Biden by name and saying, hey, be ready, we're coming. On top of that, it was found out that the NIH did fund gain-of-function research, despite all of the censorship and us being told that that was a complete lie. Well, it turns out it was true. Speaking of the NIH and Dr. Fauci, he's been tied to some horrendous and disgusting experiments involving monkeys and puppies. And I'm pretty sure we reported on that a couple months back, but it's back in the news cycle and everyone is just in shock and awe that Dr. Fauci is so malicious and evil. I mean, imagine, imagine that really. And then we have supply chain issues still currently happening right now. And a lot of people are saying, hey, uh, you know, these supply chain issues seem to to do with the, the vaccine mandate a little bit. Peter Ducey of Fox News has done a great job of calling out Jen Psaki on that. But Jen Psaki the most truthful press secretary in the history of America has come forward and told us what's actually going on. So Biden's poll numbers are tanking completely. Obama is touting white ring, white ring, white right wing outrage as the fault for why people are so upset in the country right now. And uh, my brain is so scrambled that I can't even talk correctly because there's so much going on. So where do we start with all of this? Where do we go? I see so many different news stories every single day. And I'm like, that's good. That's good. This is good. Uh, For example, the World Economic Forum came out with a video the other day and it said, don't worry about being too positive. Embrace the negativity. Embrace the depression. It's not a big deal. And all these conservatives and right wingers are retweeting it and saying, look, this is the World Economic Forum saying that you shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't be positive. And it's just another example of how they're going to be ushering in that great reset, the restructuring of our entire country, our entire world, the entire globe, and how they're trying to normalize depression. And I saw this. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm jumping into this before we get into the actual news today is because I, also, I I constantly ask myself the question, what's the difference between winners and losers? Because the World Economic Forum talking about depression, anxiety, all of these human emotions that many of us feel is a very real thing that everybody experiences. This isn't something that is just experienced by liberal leftists. Depression, anxiety, fear are all emotions and challenges that every single person faces. And so I'm constantly asking myself, what's the difference between winners and losers in society? And I realized that winners feel all of those emotions and they still push forward. The losers feel those emotions and they mask them with video games, porn, alcohol, drugs, big pharma medications. And that's the the two differences there. You can take the World Economic Forum path and be on big pharma medication, let the government run your entire life, let the government dictate how you can be happy in life and and let the government give you this synthetic happiness and joy. Or you can take the harder path and understand that these are human emotions. And instead of masking them with all of the distractions in society, instead understand that those emotions are God given to us for a reason. And that we should be utilizing those emotions to push back against all of the tyrannical overreach on our rights 
and just the the overall degeneracy in society right now. We should be utilizing these emotions. We should be utilizing this anger right now. And I want a lot of us who are listening to this today to be very mindful of that. Be very mindful of not being distracted. For example, Dave Chappelle, still in the news for some reason. I finally watched his special. Let me know in the comments or in a review what you think about this, but this is my take on it. We're also focused in on Dave Chappelle. Uh, Many people on the right have come forward and defended him, and and it's been a talking point for four weeks. Now, Dave Chappelle's entire special was crapping on white people and pandering to the LGBTQ community, so I think it's kind of funny that they canceled him after he spent an hour trying to pander to said community. And I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what, Left, let the left eat their own. Why are we talking about this? And why is the right propping this man up as a hero of cancel, cancel culture? So that's how I view that. And in regards to even the Dave Chappelle point, we're also constantly distracted by all of these minute and small issues that really don't matter in society. And again, we instead of embracing all of our natural human emotions and embracing the spirit given to us by God, we we choose to mask that time and time again. I'm guilty of this myself. People think it's easier just to binge watch Netflix all day, watch porn, play video games, become an alcoholic, or you know, get into drugs and smoking weed to mask all of that emotion. But right now we are in such a pivotal moment in society where we need to be taking that and not be distracted by any of the other things in life that keep us subservient and dumbed down. We need to utilize all these emotions and use them to push back against all of the evil in our society right now. I wanted to go on that rant very quickly because that's something that has been on my mind just humanity as a whole, the human spirit, why I've been feeling so down lately. And it's because it is hard to cut through a lot of the BS and all of the lies that are constantly being pushed in our faces every single day. I talk about this a lot because it is difficult to sift through all of the manipulation. But we can do it and we will come out on top And we have a God-given ability to push back against evil and to be very aware of what is going on. So now that we've said that whole piece, we'll actually get into what I'm talking about. Let's get into the news and what's currently going on in our country, starting off with this video of our former president, Barack Obama. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars, this fake outrage that right-wing media's pedals to juice their ratings. And the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people, that's a shame. That's not what this election's about. That's not what you need, Virginia. Okay, so that's Barack Obama who was trying to campaign for uh, Terry McAuliffe of Virginia who has come out and said that parents should not be allowed to have a say in what curriculum their children are being taught. Now, that is what he was referring to, but I want to touch on a couple of key points that he made here. He said that we don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars, fake outrage, the right-wing media peddling all of this stuff just to juice their ratings. 
And I wanted to start out with this clip of Obama because it perfectly encapsulates, again, how the media has been talking about the right for a long time and how even our own press secretary comes forward and talks to us about everything that's going on right now. Again, the supply chain issue, inflation rates, the southern border, and people are getting pissed off. And Joe Biden's ratings are tanking so quickly that even CNN can't hide it anymore. This is from CNN two days ago, why Biden is flailing. And they go on to talk about how Joe Biden's popularity is at the lowest point of his administration. And he's coming up to be one of the most unpopular presidents in U.S. history behind Donald Trump, apparently, in regards to his approval ratings. And they go on to say that, oh, well, you know, there's multiple reasons why he's he's flailing and why his poll numbers are so bad. People are saying it's because his administration is just focused in on what they want to be focused on. Meanwhile, the average American is worried about the economy, is worried about inflation rates. But what are we seeing from the Biden administration? Well, uh, VP Kamala Harris tweeted this out two days ago. President Biden and I released the first ever national gender strategy. This is our vision for the future of our nation. One that is bold in strategy and one that is that this moment calls for. And if you go into this actual excerpt of what this is, this national strategy on gender equity and equality, it says the Biden-Harris administration issues first ever national gender strategy to advance the full participation of all people, including women and girls in the United States and around the world. Now, first point here, that's redundant. Why did they have to say all people, including women and girls? It's like they want to point out that women and girls are so oppressed by making them their own subsection and taking them out of the category of all people. They're like, yeah, women and girls are just so oppressed in America that we have to uh, pass the national strategy on gender equity and equality. And it goes on to all of this straight up BS about how women have no uh, equality in America. Uh, literally the first sentence of this is like, yet no country in the world has achieved gender equality and we are at an inflection point, which is absolutely freaking ridiculous. And I'm so tired of this BS administration who's focusing in on gender equity. Meanwhile, again, China is testing hypersonic missiles. Our inflation rate is insane right now. Grocery store shelves are empty. Joe Biden's polls are tanking. And again, we see that every single day. We've seen every single weekend people chanting either F Joe Biden or Let's Go Brandon. My good friend Bryson Gray and Chandler Crump created a song called Let's Go Brandon, and it's been number one on the iTunes chart ahead of Adele and Ed Sheeran and Lil Nas X, number one on the iTunes charts. And why is that? I'm told by the media that Joe Biden is the most popular president in history, and YouTube actually took this video down because they cited medical misinformation. So you can't even access this song on YouTube. But for some reason, despite Joe Biden being the most popular president in U.S. history, and despite the media telling us that what we're seeing on the ground every single day, people pushing back against this administration, against the mandates, against all of this phony culture that's constantly pushed on us, despite them trying to pretend that these are all good things. Let's Go Brandon is the number one song on iTunes. Why is that? Because again, going back to our human spirit, you can't, you can't dampen what's actually popular in society right now. And I was thinking about this as well. Why does the media, why do politicians have to push LGBTQ propaganda, the vaccine, eating soy products, not eating meat, being afraid of the air? Why do they have to push these things so hard on, on us? 
They have to push them so hard because with our natural common sense and in our natural spirit, we don't accept these things because they are unnatural. And the government knows that. The government knows that these aren't normal things that people are just going to blindly accept because in our own human spirit, we know they're not right. All this LGBTQ nonsense where you have drag queens twerking in front of your kids, you have pornographic books being taught to your children at schools. That's not a natural thing. Seeing two men getting married, two women getting married and try to raise a family as traditional, that isn't traditional. And uh, people always make the jokes that the gay community depends on straight people to keep continuing, you know, I guess like the gay community going on, because if we did put a bunch of gay people on an island, they would eventually go extinct because they would not be able to procreate. But that's why these unpopular things are so heavily pushed on us. Because naturally, we will not accept them. And the average person, even if they don't understand why they don't want their rights and freedoms taken away from them, even if you go to the dumbest of the dumb in America, because we have some pretty dumb people here, and we say, well, you know, how would you feel if I I took away your rights and then we let the government come in and tell you what to think? Even the most low IQ person would say, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I like that plan. And why is that? Because inherently and naturally, because we were created in the image of God and because we have free will granted to us, we don't want that lifestyle and we don't want these unnatural things pushed on us. Which is why right now, in regards to vaccine mandates, people are pushing back against them hardcore. For example, supporters of Kyrie Irving uh, went to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. This was yesterday to go protest and make their voices heard, basically saying, let Kyrie play. This mandate is ridiculous. And we've reached the point where yet again, Trump supporters are teaming up with BLM to push back against this. Let's go ahead and um, watch this clip. So there's just a little bit of the scene in front of the Barclays Center yesterday where BLM and Trump supporters were chanting, let Kyrie play because they're tired of this BS vaccine mandate. They're tired of these NBA players being treated like second class citizens and not being able to do something as simple as go play on a basketball court. People are getting upset about this and they're pushing back because these vaccine mandates and forcing people to adhere to this science that changes every single moment of every single day is not a natural thing. From the NBA, Barclays Center briefly closes as demonstrators protest New York's vaccine mandate outside. Demonstrators gathered at Barclays Center prior to the Nets' home opener, at one point breaching barriers to the front entrance. And of course, at the top of this article, they have to put a blue checkmark Barbara Barker who says, getting scary out here, crowd of protesters just jump barricades and are pushing towards the door, chanting, let Kyrie play. Super scary, guys. Super scary that a few dozen people per this article were in the plaza outside the arena chanting, let Kyrie play. And they broke through those barriers. 
Some of them got all the way to the front entrance of the building, forcing arena officials to briefly close the doors while fans were trying to get in. Irving is not with the Nets because of his refusal to get vaccinated. A New York mandate requires professional athletes playing for a team in the city to be vaccinated in order to play or practice in public venues because that's just the science, guys. That's America in 2021. But maybe it's not. Maybe the average American doesn't want to live under this tyrannical bullshit anymore and they don't want the government to come in and keep changing the science every single day, every which way the wind blows. Oh, well, uh, if you get vaccinated, you're fully vaccinated. Well, just kidding. Now the CDC is changing the definition of vaccinated to add if you have your booster shot or not. Also, if your child is fully vaccinated, uh, yeah, they still need to wear their face mask. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky came out and said that a couple days ago, uh, and I'll be going more in depth on both of those things. But I thought they were relevant to bring up now because we can see why the average American is feeling extremely frustrated about that. It, this is ridiculous. There's no reason for us to still be living through a time like this. There's no reason for the government to be coming in and pretending that this pandemic is so dangerous that NBA players who are the healthiest, like the healthiest people in America, because they treat their body like a temple, Absolutely no reason for them to be getting vaccinated with for a virus with an over 99% survival rate. A lot of these NBA players have come forward as well and said, hey, I've already gotten the virus. I have the antibodies. Why doesn't that count for anything? And nobody can answer that question. No one can answer the question of why the American people are being come down on so hard while the borders are wide open. And all of these COVID-positive illegal immigrants are allowed to come in. Let me play you guys some B-roll of what we're seeing right now, again, in Mexico. Uh, let me see if I can find this here. So a large migrant caravan has departed Tapacula, Mexico, carrying signs with Joe Biden's name on it for Fox News. And in several articles that I've read, these migrants are interviewed and they're saying, Joe Biden, get ready, we're coming. And why is that? It's because these illegal immigrants know that America is open for business and that Joe Biden will just let them on in with no repercussion. And who's paying for all of this? The average American taxpayer. Do we even have a country anymore at this point? And again, just to show you how emboldened these people are, uh, this was that same migrant caravan in Mexico encountering um, like Mexican police forces. They just straight up broke through the barrier of police. podcast listeners, this is several thousand migrants from Haiti, South America, and Central America that are breaking through this law enforcement barrier in Mexico. Uh, some people among the latest mass movement of migrants trying to pass north through Mexico said they hope to eventually reach the U.S. border, where the number of migrants trying to gain entry was already hitting new records. Uh, apparently, this is about 3,000 people, including families with young children, and they began trekking on foot on Saturday from the city of Tapachula near the Guatemalan border towards Mexico's capital. One of the caravan's organizers, Irenio Mujica, said he was leading the group to Mexico City in protest of the lack of government assistance in the South, where officials have attempted to contain thousands of migrants and to demand legal documents that would let migrants move freely in the country.
So that's what's currently going on in Mexico and what's headed to our southern border. And on top of that, because we are constantly hearing from our media that these illegal immigrants need to come over to America because they have just such hard lives. They're not they're not getting asylum in any other countries. They're not able to make it. They're just living in fear. It's just all of these women and children. Well, if you look at a lot of this footage, it isn't typically women and children. A lot of the time, it's military-aged men. We saw that at the border in Del Rio, in McAllen. Time and time again, we are told, oh, well, this is just women and children that are coming over here for a better life. The reality of it is it's a lot of military-aged men. And also, this is being reported that um, these illegals are using QR codes to sign up for this caravan. This is being reported by Fox News and by various reporters on the ground over there. Apparently, via Facebook, these immigrants are scanning this QR code and it's signing them up to be a part of this caravan. So let's just critically think about this here for a moment. These immigrants are so poor and just so destitute and in need of so much help that they have access to computers or smartphones to scan this QR code via Facebook and join this caravan. Seems like a very organized thing to me. Who's organizing this? Who's paying for it? If we had real media in this country, maybe we would find out, but we don't. So there is footage of extremely entitled illegal immigrants breaking through the barriers in Mexico. And if they felt emboldened enough to do that in Mexico, Guess what's headed here to the U.S.? And again, a lot of the leaders of those groups have been either interviewed or various people amongst that group have been interviewed and said, hey, Joe Biden, we're calling you out by name. Get ready for us because we are coming to the border. Joe Biden talked about how he was going to give, I believe it was 15 million illegal immigrants amnesty when he got into office. I've read reports on previous streams about how Cartel members were super excited when Biden got into office because they were like, amazing, the border's open for business and we're going to be making millions smuggling humans across the border. This is awesome for us. Thanks, Joe Biden. And it has been a very lucrative business. From the Wall Street Journal, Border Patrol makes about 1.66 million arrests at the southern border in the 2021 fiscal year. And this number marks the highest annual arrest total ever recorded. Again, just to reiterate, the Border Patrol made about 166 million arrests of migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border illegally in the 2021 fiscal year, the highest annual number ever recorded, according to figures released Friday by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. The pace of migrants coming across the border has emerged as one of the most difficult issues for the Biden administration to tackle, posing a broad set of logistical challenges and providing fodder for Republicans who say President Biden's immigration policies provoked the surge, which they 100% did. And I love how all these articles always have to come in and give a jab at Republicans, because remember, just like Obama said, it's just right wing outrage, you guys. It's not really happening. It's just the right wing that's being crazy and trying to, you know, hype all of this stuff up. The border is fine. It's not Joe Biden's policies. It's not because Joe Biden said that we would accept the illegals in, that we would be giving them amnesty, that Kamala Harris was condemning Donald Trump throughout his entire administration, saying we would never have kids in cages at the border. That's just so inhumane. We would never, ever do that. They did the exact same thing, mind you. And I was so funny, too, because during Trump's administration, 
uh, people were bringing up pictures of these kids in cages and foil blankets from the Obama era. And they were trying to, uh, you know, link them to Donald Trump. And it was like, yeah, those are from Obama's era because no matter whether presidents were Republican or Democrat, we still did institute border policy somewhat. And you can't just cross over here illegally unless Joe Biden is in office. And of course, we have some reporters who actually ask press secretary Jen Psaki, hey, uh, you know, what's going on at the border? Uh, Joe Biden said that he went to the border and uh, it, it doesn't seem like he actually did. Can you explain why he said that? Let's listen. We've seen from companies, uh, large companies, private sector companies that have implemented these requirements across the board. Okay, following up on something else the president said last night, why did President Biden say he has been to the border? Well, Peter, uh, as you may have seen, there's been uh, reporting that he uh, did drive through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2008. And he is certainly familiar with the fact, and it stuck with him, with the fact that uh, in El Paso. Okay, I'm sorry, ma'am. What? He drove through the border in 2008? And that's what he was referencing? 13 years ago? Are we all on the same page here? I'm confused. So yeah, um, <clears throat> it's just like how Kamala Harris was, she went to the border, but she was really holding press conferences like miles and miles and miles away from the actual crisis. This administration, and I don't even want to call it a joke. It's just lies and manipulation, again, all done by design. But we have Jen Psaki here who can't, who literally can't even tell the truth in regards to Joe Biden being like, yeah, you know what? He was referring to 2008. Obviously, he hasn't been to the border. Uh, you know, she could have at least lied and pretend that they were going to do something about this and pretended that maybe Joe Biden was going to try to enact some type of border policy. But instead, this is this is what the administration is saying about the border currently. Uh, he does not need a visit to the border to know what a mess was left by the last administration. That's his view. Okay, so Joe Biden doesn't need to go to the border per Jen Psaki because, uh, you know, he doesn't need to go down there to know what a mess was left by Donald Trump and the prior administration. Really? Let's go ahead and do a little bit of fact checking here. The left, or, yeah, loves to fact check us so much. So let's just start doing a little, it a little bit on the right. So Jen Psaki just said that Joe Biden doesn't need to go to the border to know what he inherited, the big border crisis problem that he inherited from Donald Trump. Well, per PolitiFact, a very left-leaning um, fact-checking outlet, this is from back in 2017, April of 2017. Donald Trump said illegal immigration on the U.S.-Mexico border is the lowest in 17 years. PolitiFact had to check that as true. And let's go ahead and jump to 2019 because 2017 was a long time ago. Maybe the border crisis got worse before Trump left office. Uh, from 2019, border crossings are at record lows as Trump declares a national emergency to build a wall. So uh, hang on one more time, Jim Salke. Uh, he does not need a visit to the border to know what a mess was left by the last administration. That's his view. Okay, okay. And again, this is the mess at the border that was left by the prior administration, per CNBC in 2019. Border crossings are at record lows as Trump declares a national emergency to build a wall. And under Trump, we did have low border crossings. He really did institute a lot of that border policy. He was constantly talking about building the wall. And under Joe Biden, it seems to be the exact opposite. Joe Biden basically said, hey, America's borders are open for all. Come on in, everybody. Basically, like, pimping out our country. And then Jen Psaki has the audacity 
to blame Donald Trump. And I don't need to sit here and filter through all of the lies and disinformation every single day, but I do because it's ridiculous that we have, it should be illegal for our press secretary to lie to us so blatantly, I feel. I do really feel like it should be illegal if your administration is lying to you in this way, especially if we're a republic, especially if we're in America. I would expect this from a dictatorship, from a communist regime that spreads propaganda all day long. But wait a minute, that's essentially what we're living through in America right now. We don't have medical freedom. Joe Biden's allowed to lie to us, boldface. Uh, he actually, just kidding, he doesn't lie to us. He doesn't even know what's going on. It's Jen Psaki and Kamala Harris that are doing that for them, for him specifically. Uh, but it's infuriating that this administration is allowed to lie to us and manipulate the language and spread this propaganda. And I wish we American people could hold them somewhat responsible. Yeah, the border, it's not wide open. The DHS said that it's fine. It's because of Trump. He passed really bad border policy. And that's why there's such a, such a surge right now. It's not a big deal. Uh, you know, we're not going to continue work on that border wall, even though it's already paid for. And we're going to let everyone keep coming on in. Oh, you see videos of illegal immigrants bursting through barriers of Mexican police, calling out Joe Biden by name and saying, we're coming to America. Get ready. Yeah, just ignore that. That's not a big deal. We're not worried about the border because we're too busy building a wall somewhere, somewhere else. Where is that wall being built? Well, the DHS is shelling out nearly $500,000 for a border fence around Biden's Delaware beach house. Oh, I get it. Biden's allowed to have walls around his beach house, but we're not allowed to have borders in our country. Now, I've gone and I've talked to residents of McAllen, Texas, you know, the people who actually have to live in these border cities that are being affected by Joe Biden's bad policies, where cartel members are just smuggling humans across the border every single day. Drugs are being smuggled across the border every single day. We've seen a record rise in fentanyl crossing the border. Yeah, the people who actually live in these cities and towns and have to experience that know, know what's going on. Joe Biden kind of can just look the other way and then the DHS can build a wall around his beach house. Meanwhile, America, like I said, is being pimped out to the rest of the world. So that's what's going on at the border. That's what's going on with Joe Biden's approval ratings. And of course, uh, per Obama, and I know he was just talking about Terry McAuliffe and, you know, him needing to get in into Virginia, be a part of the election there. Very important what's going on. It's just right-wing outrage. It's not really that big of a deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's right-wing outrage, all of those videos that we just showed you. It's right-wing outrage, all of the people that are pushing back against the vaccine mandate. Oh, you know what else is right-wing outrage? All of these empty grocery store shelves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's just Trump supporters going to stores and buying up everything just so that they can make Joe Biden look bad. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening right now, per Jen Psaki, at least. Uh, now, Ginger Z, who is a meteorologist for ABC News and has a following of 2.2 million on Twitter, says, likely in popular opinion regarding the supply chain discussion, what can shoppers do? Reduce consumption. Our obsession with multiple gifts, especially for kids, is beyond what's necessary. So many opportunities here to have bigger discussions. Support local shops, small and less. So on my last 
episode, I talked about how the supply chain issues are being blamed on the citizen. And this is what I was talking about. Well, it's your fault for consuming too much. Maybe if you consumed less, we wouldn't be having these problems. Granted, we didn't have supply chain issues before the government came in and disrupted the supply chain, instituted mandates, gave people stimulus checks so they didn't want to go back to work. You know, granted, th- those these things are all government-induced, uh, but we're still going to blame the consumer because, uh, you know, that's that's the easiest thing that we can do. Going back to Jen Psaki and Peter Ducey, because this man really is on fire and he is one of the only people in that reporting pool who's asking real questions. He brings up the supply chain. And this is what Jen Psaki had to say about that as well. And of course, he's he's speaking in regards to the vaccine mandates and how that could be affecting things. Well, this is what Jen Psaki uh, had to say about that. The leader of the union representing FedEx, UPS and DHL is saying that supply chain problems are going to get worse with labor shortages right before the holidays unless the president postpones the requirement to get vaccinated by December 8th. So what is more important to this president, the vaccine mandates or fixing the supply chain as fast as possible? Well, first I would say that that is not actually what we've seen at companies that have implemented these vaccine requirements that are not even part of federal law yet. Let me just let me just finish. I'm going to let you talk. Don't worry about it. I'm going to let you talk. Okay. So American and Southwest CEOs have made clear this will their their uh, work workers will not be there. Uh, there won't be a labor shortage. Uh, we've seen United Airlines. Okay, I just want to stop it right there because I like how she points out Southwest who says, oh, there won't be a labor labor shortage. What did Southwest come forward and do? What did Delta Airlines come forward and do? They were like, "Uh, yeah, we're not going to be implementing this vaccine mandate. We're not going to be firing people. But that's probably why there's no labor shortage. And again, let me make sure just so that I'm being correct here that it is Delta that is also a part of that. It may be United. Uh... Yeah, Delta Airlines CEO ditches divisive COVID vaccine mandate marks and 90% employee vaccination rates. Accommodations will be made for the unvaccinated instead of threatening their employment. So there you go. Delta Airlines and Southwest Airlines aren't having labor shortages because they said, okay, we're not going to fire people over this. And why is that? It's because people pushed back and they fought back. So Jen Psaki couldn't even get that sentence out coherently because she knew she was bold-faced lying to the American public. And we've seen that time and time again. But to the average American who is uninformed about these things, they're listening to Jen Psaki and they're saying, oh, okay, so it isn't the vaccine mandates that's causing the supply chain issue. Well, let's keep going further then because we just debunked that lie, but, but let's really make sure that it's not the vaccine mandate. This is an article from The Hill. Industry groups warn vaccine mandate could worsen holiday supply chain issues. Oh my gosh, I thought that Jen Soggy just said the opposite. That's so crazy. Uh, industry groups are warning President Biden that his COVID-19 vaccine mandate for federal contractors will exacerbate the nation's supply chain issues, potentially leading to depleted shelves this holiday season. In a letter to the White House, the National Association of Wholesaler Distributors this week said that distribution companies, many of which are federal contractors, will not be able to vaccinate all of their workers by the December 8th deadline, despite offering numerous incentives to encourage them to get the shot. Come December, many companies will be unable to keep products moving through their warehouses and distribution centers to satisfy growing consumer demand if forced to terminate these essential workers. It urged Biden to delay implementation of the vaccine requirement until supply chain issues are sorted out and called for alternatives such as frequent COVID-19 testing. 
Manufacturers, suppliers, and distributors who laid off workers and slowed operations at the onset of the pandemic are now struggling to meet the dramatic rebound in demand, which has caused massive bottlenecks at ports and other parts of the supply chain. And remember, those operations were slowed and completely stopped because of the government. They said they, they're worried they could lose employees who refuse to get vaccinated, worsening the existing worker shortage. But go ahead, Jen Psaki, go ahead and tell me again how it is in the vaccine mandate that is complicit in why the supply chain shortages are happening. And on top of that, because, you know, it's like, OK, well, maybe people should just sit down, shut up and get their vaccination so they can keep their job and just be done with this and over with it. Just get your vaccine. I've been on the fence about it. And you know what? I want to take the easy way out of this and just get it so I can provide for my family so that way America can get back to normal. America will never get back to normal. You know why? Because the CDC just came out and said the U.S. may change its definition of fully vaccinated as boosters roll out. Yay for the CDC. They do such a great job of just changing their opinion every so often, pretty much every month at this point, to ensure that we stay in pandemic lockdown mode, despite the fact that the economy, and I was talking to Elijah Schaefer about this, and he said that too. He was like, you know what? Uh, the reason why there are also supply chain issues is because right now America has opened back up and the government is trying to keep us in uh, lockdown mode but we're not locked down anymore. We're past the pandemic. We're past lockdown. America is back up and moving and running or we're trying to be. And that's why there's also those supply chain issues. But of course, instead of getting rid of those mandates to help with the economy, to help with the supply chain issues, to, you know, revitalize people and to encourage them to get back to work, Joe Biden is still implementing that. And we now have the CDC coming forward and saying, well, we also may change that definition of fully vaccinated to uh, include boosters. They did this in Israel. They did this in various other countries. And again, I always say, look to other countries as to what will be coming to America. Example number one, actually example, example number like 58. Now, the CDC is saying that, but this also just came out in the same time frame. CDC boss Walensky, oh no, this is a different article. Hang on. Let me see if this is, there we go. This one came out today, this article that reads, some of the CDC's own advisors doubt the need for universal COVID boosters. So the CDC may change the definition of fully vaccinated, but the CDC's own advisors also doubt if the need for universal COVID boosters is a requirement. Reading into this article from the Daily Caller, many of America's leading vaccine experts are questioning just how helpful booster vaccines will be to people under age 65 or not otherwise at high risk of a severe COVID-19 case. The CDC officially re recommended last week that Americans get boosters if they're 65 or older and live in a long-term care facility. So that is what is coming out of there. The CDC, always confusing. And then going back to that other article that I had just flashed up from Fox News, CDC boss Rochelle Walensky says schools should keep mask mandates even if kids are vaccinated. And again, that's just building on that point that the CDC continues to change their science. We were all told that if we got vaccinated, we wouldn't have to wear face masks. We would get back to normal. And then that goalpost was moved. We were told your kids could get back to school. There was a John Hopkins study that came out of 48,000 children that showed that there was a 0% mortality rate for those children if they had no underlying conditions. But for some reason, the CDC is still saying that your child, despite being vaccinated, needs to be masked up. Also, 
the definition of vac- uh, fully vaccinated may change as well. So, you know what? Just keep adhering to government standards and uh, you'll never get your life back, but that's okay. That's how things should be. The government should have full control of your life and your body. And again, the vaccine and people who are vaccinated, congratulations, you are owned by the government now. You are now the government's experiment. The government owns you, bro. The government now and forever will be able to tell you, well, now you're not fully vaccinated and you need to get the booster. And I've discussed this before previously as well. For those who may be on the fence about the vaccination and say, well, it's for my safety. It's for other people's safety. Okay, with that mentality, then go ahead and get microchipped up because the government's going to come on in and say, oh, we're just going to put this microchip inside of you to uh, monitor your blood pressure and your heart rate to make sure if you get kidnapped, we can track you. And we promise we won't overreach on your privacy and monitor, you know, where you're at or what you're looking at. Potentially the microchips for your safety. It's for your health, just like the vaccine. Be aware of these things, everybody. And if you think I'm being dramatic about that, well, if that's your opinion, this is my opinion. I'm not vaccinated. I'm not getting vaccinated. I had COVID. I now have the natural antibodies. I never even went to the doctor for it. It was rough for two weeks, for sure. I had every single symptom you could possibly have. And I would gladly get COVID again over getting vaccinated. Because I refuse to allow the government to own my body. I refuse to be a part of the government's experiment anymore because that's exactly what we're all living through. And I also refuse to capitulate and bend the knee to YouTube censors who tell me that I can't say that. I'm going to be calm. I'm not going to have an outburst. But it is absolutely ridiculous that YouTube is allowed to censor this type of information. I was allowed to censor stories about the supply chain crisis. I'm surprised we're even allowed to report on this. This is what people's local grocery stores are looking like. This is a woman's local Target, and she just takes pictures of empty aisles, completely bare. She says she can't even get a Diet Coke. And we've seen pictures of multiple grocery stores as well where They started lining up their products at the front of the shelves to try to hide that the the shelves in the back are empty. So that's Joe Biden's America. Everyone is just fine and dandy. Also, just to again, touch on Joe Biden being the most incompetent leader in the history of America. uh, AP News is reporting that a Haiti gang leader accused of kidnapping missionaries threatens to kill Americans if he doesn't get what he seeks. This Article came out four days ago, but this story has been going on for quite a while. And the reason why I want to bring it up is because we have a gang leader in a foreign country threatening to kill Americans. And have we heard anything from Joe Biden or from his administration about this? Aren't there still Americans stranded in Afghanistan, by the way? Yeah. And going into the fact checking as well, because, well, maybe... Maybe this isn't how presidents normally work. It's a small thing. Yeah, Americans being threatened with death in a foreign country. Not really a presidential, uh, you know, point to look at. Joe Biden's way too busy uh, vacationing and uh, taking naps every single day to get that under control. So, you know, it's kind of a small thing. Just kind of like put a pin in that and we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, Let's see how Donald Trump handled American hostages under his time as president. 
This was from back in uh, 2020, actually. Trump administration secures release of two American hostages from Yemen. President Trump welcomes three Americans freed by North Korea. And I remember this moment, too. He stayed up until I believe it was 2 a.m. to welcome these freed Americans home. Meanwhile, we still have Americans stranded in Afghanistan under Joe Biden. And we now have Americans being threatened to die by this Haitian gang leader, but it's fine. We're not going to hear anything about that from the Biden administration. And again, if I'm wrong on that, please let me know. But I haven't heard anything about these Americans who are essentially being held hostage right now from this entire administration. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just not paying well enough attention. Now, let's go into the scientific part of the news and see what's been going on in regards to uh, COVID and Fauci and the NIH. This bombshell came out last week. The NIH admits U.S.-funded gain-of-function in Wuhan despite Fauci's denials. Ah, man. The National Institute of Health has stunningly admitted to gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses at China's Wuhan lab despite Dr. Anthony Fauci's repeatedly insisting to Congress that no such thing happened. In a letter to Representative James Comer on Wednesday, a top NIH official blamed EcoHealth Alliance, the New York City-based nonprofit that has funneled U.S. funds to the Wuhan lab, for not being transparent about the work it was doing. And again, um... The NIH principal deputy director wrote in the letter that EcoHealth's limited experiment tested whether spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. So there you guys go. It is now on record that the NIH funded gain-of-function research making coronavirus more infectious to humans, the same NIH who also funded the creation of the Merck COVID-19 pill, and Merck is now selling that back to the government at 40 times the cost it took to make it. Why? Because this is all a big money-making scheme. Wow, we create the virus, we infect everyone with the virus, we create the cure for the virus, and then we sell it at a 40% markup. Hmm. Hopefully no one catches on to that. And if you know you thought Dr. Fauci lying about that wasn't bad enough, this is what everyone's currently going crazy about lately. From the New York Post, again, bipartisan legislators demand answers from Fauci on alleged puppy experiments. Dr. Fauci is facing calls from a bipartisan group of legislators to respond to allegations that his National Institute of Health Division provided a grant to a lab in to Tunisia to torture and kill dozens of beagle puppies for twisted scientific experiments. So apparently they spent $1.68 million in taxpayer funds on drug tests involving, involving 44 beagle puppies. And I want to read into what this research was so you can understand how sick and twisted and demented Dr. Fauci is. The White Coat Waste Project report claimed that the researchers locked the dogs in cages with hungry sandflies so that the insects could eat them alive. Some of the dogs were also allegedly injected with disease-causing parasites. The commission tests involving injecting and force-feeding the puppies an experimental drug for several weeks before killing and dissecting them. Also, the group raised concerns about allegations that scientists slit dogs' vocal cords so that they wouldn't bark during the experiments while they were getting eaten alive. So that is what Dr. Fauci was funding. And if you thought that that was bad, it keeps getting worse. Uh, also, the NIH is now accused of spending $100 million of taxpayer money on torturing lab monkeys with acid and snakes. DeSantis has since 
led calls for Fauci to quit after he was revealed to have funded horrific testing on beagles. That's what we just read. So apparently the monkey testing, which was first unveiled by, again, the White Coast Waste Project in 2019, has cost taxpayers nearly $100 million since just 2007. So these primates were tortured with rubber spiders and mechanical snakes, objects they instinctively fear to observe their reaction. But it gets so much worse than that. Because the NIH scientists then removed portions of their brains or destroyed them with acid to intentionally worsen the primates' fear. Those experiments came back to the fore after other animal testing whose funding was approved by Dr. Anthony Fauci was exposed. So there you guys go. When I tell you guys that Dr. Fauci is sick and depraved and twisted and that we are currently living through a giant governmental experiment, look what he did to these monkeys. They took portions of their brains out to make them more afraid. So Dr. Fauci's NIH clearly experimenting with the fear-based portions of the brain. And it seems like fear has been a very real tactic used to make everybody subservient in this country. On top of that, these beagles were force-fed drugs. Hmm. Sounds eerily similar to the force mandates that we're living through. I'm not saying that that's Dr. Fauci doing that, but I am saying that he has encouraged those mandates. And if we look at his prior research, maybe we should be a little bit concerned about a man who has no problems torturing innocent animals and watching them getting eaten alive and slitting their vocal cords so he doesn't have to hear them crying. Maybe we should be concerned that the same person who conducted this research is leading our country through a fear-based pandemic. Yeah. See how all of that ties? Do you see how all of that is connected? Now, on top of all of this, because if that wasn't sick and depraved enough for you, uh, the NIH, after that first article that I read came out showing that they did fund gain-of-function research despite Dr. Fauci trying to lie about it, uh, they are quietly rewriting their gain-of-function definition amid greater scrutiny of their controversial research. Questions have swirled for nearly two years as to whether the agency funded dangerous Wuhan coronavirus experiments. And the National Institute is now quietly altering a key definition of -of gain-of-function research on its own website amid a wave of major scrutiny regarding its funding of controversial research in Wuhan, China. The altered definition received significant attention after being noted by retired Navy officer Jeremy Redfern on Twitter on Friday afternoon. He says, for those that don't know, this is how the NIH defined gain of function on their website until at least October 19th, 2021, just three days ago. It looks like this section was deleted and the page was edited within the last two to three days. And if we read into their prior definition of gain of function function research, it reads... That the term gain of function describes a type of research that modifies a biological agent so that it confers new or enhanced activity to that agent. And now it has been modified that it's just EPP research that on limited occasions when justified by compelling public health need and conducted in a very high biosecurity laboratories, the NIH has supported certain research that may be reasonably anticipated to create or use potential pandemic pathogens. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh, I really can't handle this society. It's absolutely ridiculous. And if that isn't further confirmation that the NIH is complicit in everything that we've been living through and that this entire collapse of our society, of our normal way of life, of our country is is not done by design, then I don't know what is. 
And this is the newest lie as well being peddled about the vaccine to further try to encourage people to get it. From the Jerusalem Post, people vaccinated against COVID-19 are less likely to die of other causes, study says. Those who receive the Pfizer, Moderna, J&J vaccines are less likely to die from non-COVID-related causes, a CDC study found. Okay, my first initial question here is what about actual COVID? Because I thought that's what these vaccines were initially created to do, and we're seeing the opposite effect. And also... Is this just some miracle vaccination now that just makes you invincible to everything? They couldn't get people to take this by giving them money, free food, free drugs. They were even uh, scrubbing former criminals' records if they got vaccinated. But all of that still wasn't enough. So now they're just like, you know what? This is just a super vaccine. It's going to make you live forever. It's just, you know what? Pull out the works. Let's try it because nothing else seems to be working. So we're on our last legs. We have to try everything that we can. So that's the newest, uh, the newest way that we are trying to be coerced into getting this vaccine. It will help you, uh, you know, survive everything. It's not a big deal, guy. It'll, it'll, uh, you know, allow you to survive a multitude of things, not just COVID. Wasn't convincing enough before. Well, let's just make up 58 other things and throw that on top. Now, speaking of China as well, I do want to bring this back to this video that I was watching today. Now, the lead designer of China's social credit system has extolled its value and his hopes for worldwide adoption. He's quoted saying, if you had the social credit system, there would never have been the yellow vests. We would have detected that before they acted. And the reason why I'm bringing this up in regards to this portion of the news is because we are seeing the QR codes and QR passports for vaccine mandates, and that is normalizing us having to basically have a social credit score. It's normalizing us having to be monitored by the government. And that's essentially what the social credit score in China is. And now we're seeing the lead designer of this system saying that he hopes for worldwide adoption. And we're seeing it closer and closer to adoption here in the U.S. But this doesn't seem like a good thing. And again, even from the designer himself says, oh, the yellow vest protest never would have happened because we would have detected that way before they acted. So they're essentially telling you right here, well, if you think about protesting, if you think about pushing back against the government, don't worry. The social credit system that we're trying to implement will make sure that you're not allowed to do that anymore. Because we're going to be on to you. We're going to be monitoring everything that you're looking at, everything that you're seeing to make sure that you're on the right track. Look at what's going on in Australia. Police are going to people's doors over memes that they're sharing with the wrong political view. Or if they've joined Facebook groups that are anti-mandate, anti-lockdown, if they said that they were going to be joining a protest, the police will come to their homes with a printout of said page or meme or post and question them about it. And that's the America that these people are hoping for and the world that all of these crazy elites are hoping for. One in which we're all monitored and we're not allowed to push back. But I just want to bring up this old video as a reminder of how we should all feel about China.
Have you seen Donald Trump? Do you think he should step in? Donald Trump, don't trust China. China is asshole. I love that clip so much. And in regards to this, uh, you know, social credit system leader who created this great, amazing technology. Yeah, China is asshole. That's all we have to say. That's literally all we have to say about that. <sighs> all right, let me get through a couple more stories here. This has been a long show. Uh, let's check in on the people who have been vaccinated and see how things are going for them. Uh, because again, remember the, the media politicians, Dr. Fauci, CDC director, Rochelle Walensky have all said that this was very safe and effective and that we could get back to normal if we all got vaccinated. Let's go ahead and check in on people who decided to get that vaccine, see how things are going for them. Short, um, two nights ago, um, I was sorry, two days ago I was training, just doing a shoulder workout as you do normally. End up, I thought, pulled a muscle. Um, end up going to bed that night, woke up in a lot of pain. Um, as I woke up, my partner next to me also said she was in quite a bit of pain uh, from her chest. So I thought, okay, that doesn't sound good. Now, knowing she actually just got a second Pfizer jab three days ago, I've done a bit of research. I'm like, uh, this probably isn't normal. So took her took her and drove in a hospital. Um, we sat there. I thought, we'll kill two birds with one stone. I'll get my shoulder looked at. She can have a, a checkup. Um, we proceeded to go through. Um, she went in one room. I went in the other. Doctors came up to me. One of the first questions they asked was, have you been vaccinated? And I said, yes, I've only had one Pfizer shot and that was about nearly three weeks ago. And they said, okay, did you notice any side effects? Any chest pain? I said, yeah, little bit of pain here, but I, I think it's just from my shoulder. And they go, oh, you know, any heart flutters, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah. I noticed within a few days of receiving the vaccine, I was getting mildly short of breath. Um, didn't think too much about it. You know, still still training hard twice a day, most days. Um, anyway, the, they had a cardiologist come up, cover me in his probes for the, an ECG, come back, said I had an irregular heartbeat and rhythm. They proceeded to take me through to another room where they pumped me full of something and they put me in a machine and checked everything. And they um, then informed me I developed... Um, pericarditis um, which is a bit of a shock because um, I only had one vaccine then being dealing with the cardiologist she's also informed me I've got some scarring of the heart and they directly linked it to the vaccine and also my partner has de developed myocarditis we're both fit we both train a lot so it's very shocking so there you guys go. Just checking in on how the vaccinated population of the world is doing. That is what is happening. But remember, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, Dr. Fauci, Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, Kamala Harris. Take your pick of people have all said that this is a safe and effective vaccination. Well, my guy, you would be disinformation. That's all I'd have to say about that. But we would expect nothing less from the, cons the controlled demolition of our entire country. We would expect nothing less outside of lies and manipulation, especially when we had Bill Gates as well coming out and saying that if the vaccinations are effective, and this is, I believe back in 
2012 when he had said this. He was doing a TED Talk, and he was basically saying, uh, you can find this video on my website if you'd like to to watch it yourself. Bill Gates came forward and said if the vaccines were effective, that 10 to 15% of the population would be lowered. He wasn't talking about the COVID vaccination per se, but he was talking about vaccinations in that TED Talk. Very interesting there. And now we're seeing that people are having very adverse side effects to the current experimental drug that is being pushed by our government. Hmm. Very peculiar. So the border's wide open. The economy is in shambles. Joe Biden doesn't know what the hell is going on. People are getting myocarditis. We're not allowed to talk about it. Things are going pretty crazy. But it's a good thing, and this will be how I end the show tonight, it's a good thing that despite all of this, we still have this competent leader, Joe Biden, in office. I'm just kidding. Obviously, he's not competent. The one good thing that we can take away from Joe Biden is that he's fun to laugh at, I guess. Honestly, I don't even like laughing at him at this point because I feel like I'm laughing at somebody's uh, mentally deteriorated state, and that's kind of messed up. But... Yeah, just watch this clip of Joe Biden at the CNN town hall last week. Providing professional education. Don't pay a cent. Not a single little red cent. Let's go through uh, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Is it Long Beach? Long Beach. Thank you. You had told uh, us at a town hall, I think it was in July, that the in, this was just near term inflation. The Wall Street Journal recently talked in the child who did a gigantic disadvantage. Mr. President, the, so, the, the question was on the, the on community college. No, no. You know, look, I've been a, I was a senator for 370 years. <laughs> so when a drug deal was going down, she picked up the phone and call and say to the police officer with a cell phone that the drug deal is going down, knowing that she would never be fingered knowing that she would never be the one told it happened. And so crime began to drop. They had to know who the local liquor store. They had to know and walk in and shake hands with the local minister. They had to know that. That was really hard to watch. I just saw that super cut and I was like, I'll add it into the show. And that was the first time I watched it. And that was really hard to watch. That's who's leading our country done by design. And the record pace of America crumbling around us is right on track. Anyways, that's been another episode of Rapid Fire. I wish I could end it on a more positive note. And the positive note actually would be that people are getting pissed off and they're pushing back against these mandates. There was a bridge in Brooklyn that was absolutely filled with anti-mandate protesters. We saw those protesters for Kyrie in front of the Barclays Center in Brooklyn as well. People are getting upset. They're pushing back. Joe Biden's approval ratings are tanking because the average American, like I said, in their human spirit knows that this is wrong, knows that this is not how America should be, knows that we shouldn't so willingly give up our rights and freedoms. That blood was shed to give to us, to allow us to be this free today. We should never give up those rights and freedoms because it is very easy for us to give away our freedoms and we're seeing the slow creep of tyranny. Again, it was the introduction of the face mask and then the vaccine, social distancing, take your pick. And which with each thing that we succumb to, it was us giving away a little bit more and a little bit more of our rights and freedoms. But because it was taken away in such small portions, it didn't seem like such a big thing. But now we're reaching a point 
where people really do need to wake up and decide if they want to give up their freedom so willingly. Because once you give them up, it will be very, very difficult to get them back. My name is Savannah Hernandez. This has been another episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you for tuning in. And please remember to go to savsays.locals.com for exclusive content to hear from me and also to leave a five-star review on the podcast so we can keep it growing. Please remember as well that I have my website, savsaysofficial.com, where you guys can always find all of my research and a lot of the videos that I play on this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And that's that's all I have for tonight. That's uh, me wrapping it up a somber note because I don't like watching the state that America is headed towards. Anyways, I'm done. I'll talk to you guys next time.